practice it over and over again. As people of faith, understand something. You and I are not exempt from experiences uh, and situations and circumstances that scream at us in direct contradiction to what God has said. God makes promises to all of us, and all of us have things that happen in our life that scream in straight contradiction of that. Mm -hmm. But a person of faith understands that even in spite of what they may be seeing, in spite of what they may be feeling, in spite of what may be going on all around them, they're still going to trust God, they're still going to believe God, and most importantly, they're going to still act accordingly. They're going to still do the things they're supposed to do. So if God tells me to get up and pray at 5.30 a.m. And I get up and I pray at 5.30 a.m. for an entire week. And, and, and then all of a sudden uh, I, I feel tired and I feel like, I, like, I, like I'm not resting well. I don't stop getting up at 5.30 because I got tired. Or I don't stop getting up because things don't work out the way they're supposed to. I stay consistent with what God has told me to do. And let me jump in right here because I think that that's really important. Because um, I think it's really important for you to decide that you're going to live by the word. You know, a lot of believers, depending on how you grew up, you may have heard things like this. I'm going to put my religion down. Well, you can put a religion down, but you don't just put relationship with the Lord that's right. And you have to allow the Lord to constrain your behavior. And many times as believers, instead of allowing the word to constrain us, allowing the Holy Spirit to constrain us, we do what we want to do. And then what we say is, oh, God forgives. Well, yes, God forgives. But understand that this is the power of grace. Yes. What great grace is not a license. To lay in the mud with a pig. Come on now. That's not what grace That's is. Not what grace grace is. is not a license to do any and everything that you want to do because you know that you're forgiven. You are forgiven, but grace is the power to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Yes. Grace is the power to let go of anger. It is the power to forgive people when they shouldn't be forgiven. That's it right. is the power to stop fornicating. It is the power to stop misusing alcohol, sugar, and food. It is the power to live in this earth in victory. And so if you don't get the word in your heart and make a quality decision, to obey God even when it's tough. Because, there, you know, in life you're going to have challenges. You right? are, you're listen, going be, to, being a Christian doesn't exempt you from life's challenges. It doesn't. Being a Christian simply <laughs> does not exist you from... It, does it, not. it doesn't exempt you from life's challenges. And so this, this faith thing, faith isn't magic. Faith isn't a fairy tale. Faith is our assurance that what God said already belongs to us. And so you have to understand... That if you're going to walk by faith, walking by faith isn't all candy. Walking faith is literally a weapon that pushes the enemy back into his proper place in your life, which is under your feet. Mm -hmm. The devil's never supposed to be. When people are like, oh, I was wrestling with the devil all night long. Wrong Baby, position. you're doing it wrong. wrong because position. the Bible says he should be under, under your feet. feet. Yes. But the devil cannot be under your feet when you have a mouth that says anything you want to say. And when you disobey, anytime you want to disobey, That's right. That's right. the devil cannot be under your feet when you let your mouth 
just say whatever you want to say. I'm catching this. I don't never have no money. I'm always going through. It never works for my good. You cannot uh, win when you're doing that and you cannot win when you're disobedient. And I want to make this point about disobedience as you go into this. It's not that disobedience stopped God from loving you because the Bible says that when we were sinners, he loved us, yeah, right? Yeah. The problem is, is that when you disobey, you come into agreement with the enemy. Yes. When you disobey yes. God, you come in agreement with the enemy to bring destruction on your life. Yes. In Deuteronomy 30 and 19, he says, today I set before you life and death. Life and death. Life and death. It's not just life. It's life and death. It's yes. not just death. It's <laughs> life and death. And then he says, and if you don't know which one to choose, then choose life. Right? That's what it's How do we choose life? We choose life through obedience. Yeah. Guys, even Jesus had to learn to obey. Yeah. It says that Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. So there is some suffering to bring your flesh into subjection to God. And because we're talking about this being a year of great victory, we would be remiss to let you think that this is just confessions and just sowing seeds and just dreaming dreams and just making big plans. This is also about when God tells you to do something, do what the Father tells yeah. you to do because everything He is telling you to do, it is for your good. Yeah. It is for your victory. Yeah. And, and, and don't don't get it confused when she starts talking about suffering because there's a there's a there's a, a group of believers out there who believe in what I call the suffering ministry. Yeah. They, they, they don't they don't think they're close to God unless they're going through something horrible. Mm. No no no. The suffering we talk about is the suffering it takes. To crucify your flesh. Yes. That when you want to quit, when you want to cave in, when you want to give up, when you want to disobey, when you want to do it your way, when you want to cuss somebody out, when you just want to take oh, something that don't belong to you, when you just want to do it your way, when you want to just say, you know what, two middle fingers up, I don't care no more. <laughs> when you get that way, but then you know that that's not pleasing to God. So it's even though you feel like you want to do that, you don't do that. Amen. That's the kind of suffering we're talking about. Yes. It takes that kind of suffering to live the Christ-filled, faith-filled life. life. Amen. Amen. Now, one of the things we said last week, and I thought Pastor Sean did such a great job. I was in Virginia watching her as she was teaching, uh, and then I, I got excited in, in my room because she got to talking about how God's Word is the ultimate and final authority in our life. And as people of faith, mm -hmm. that has to be it. Has to that, be it. We started with, with, with principle number one about you must love the word because everything else, principle two, three, four, five, is all going to be built on that foundation of loving God's word. Amen. And so last week she gave a couple of scriptures, and I'll just call them out real quick. Uh, Numbers 23 and 19. It says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Have he said, and shall he not do it? Or have he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Right. In other words, if God said it doesn't matter what it feel like. Yeah. It don't matter what it look like. It doesn't matter what, what I'm hearing or, or what someone is saying or even what I'm thinking to myself. Yeah. What matters is the word of God. Then she read Psalms 89 and 34. It says, my covenant I will not break, 
nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. So if God made you a promise, it don't matter about the economy, right? Right. It don't Absolutely. matter. It didn't. It didn't matter whether whether the stock market is up or down. It doesn't matter whether you employed or unemployed. It doesn't matter whether you have lots in savings or none in savings. If God made you a promise, He's big enough on His own to bring it to pass. And then finally, Isaiah 48 and 3. She read Isaiah 48 and 3 to us. And it says, I have declared the former things from the beginning. Mm -hmm. He says, and they went forth out of my mouth and I showed them. I did them suddenly. And I love this. They came to pass. So everything you're trusting and believing God for, if you will love the word, don't allow your five senses to talk you out of the word. Yes. They will come to pass. Yes. Amen. They yes. will come to pass. So it's my turn again. Whatever. I mean, I'm. We're a little off script, but go ahead. I mean, I mean, I, 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 just, you I, just, I think it's. I just think it's so amazing because so many times, you know. Especially those of us, and a lot of us on here, we know each other, so we know we matriculated through universities. We've obtained bachelor's degrees, master's degrees, some of we have doctorate degrees, we have professional degrees, we have people with certificates, and we get all this training and all this learning, and everything in that training and learning is about how we use our logic. Yes. It's about how, how we think. Do we can we think our way, you know, into this? Does it make sense? What's the process? We know about flow charts, we know uh, about all of these things. All these processes, but when God says something, you have to throw some of that out the window and just be like, This is what God said. Absolutely, God said that this was going to happen, and this is what He told me to do. And even though it may not, it may not make sense to anybody in the world while I'm getting up at six o'clock in the morning praying every morning, and I ain't seeing nothing come to pass, and I've been praying for a year, and I haven't seen anything come to pass, but did God say it? Did God say it? And if God said it, then we got to keep doing it. Amen? Absolutely. And I do think that that is just so important, you know, because when we look at the examples that we're using tonight from the Bible, mm -hmm. you will see people who had an opportunity to live by their feelings yes. or by what God said. Yes. And I get it, you know, but Daniel is a great example. Yeah. Daniel was the smartest man in the kingdom. Well trained. He was, the Bible says that in fact, Daniel, Daniel, Shadrach, and Meshach were so smart that they out, they outshined. They were, con, they were 10 times wiser than everybody else who was trained with them. Yeah. But when Daniel had the choice to choose between his wisdom and what God said, he always picked what God yes. said. It is not intellect that got Daniel out of the line. That's see? right. It's not That's his right. intellect. He didn't go down there and lay still enough for the lion not to bother him. He didn't learn, he didn't learn how to speak lion. He didn't learn how to speak lion. What got him out of that lion's den is that he knew how to hear and obey That's God. Right. And I want to tell you that I don't care how smart you are, how much money you have, how much you know. There will come a situation in your come life where you will come need on. God yes. to help you. Yes. There will come a situation in your life where your money cannot fix it, where the people that you know cannot fix it. You will need the Lord. Yes. And so you might as well learn how to walk by faith when you're not in a trouble in adversity because it's hard to learn to walk by faith when you're in a pressure oh, situation. Yeah, absolutely. It is absolutely just like it's hard to run a marathon when somebody chasing you. 
Like if you're going to have to run a marathon, you want to do that. You want to have practice for that, right? So we want to learn how to walk by faith in this situation right now in our everyday life. Because if you can listen to God about the small things, then you can hear God about the big things. Yeah, yeah. The, the time to learn faith is not when the doctor says you have six months to live. Yes. Now, now you can learn it. But that's not that's not what we're trying to live by. We're not trying to wait till something traumatic or dramatic happens in our life and then we want to have to try to figure out how to get faith working yeah, in our life. Yeah, yeah. And you know what else we don't want to be? We don't want to be people who can only be faithful when we're struggling and going through. Can, can you talk about that? We for do me? not want to be people who can only be faithful when we're struggling and going through. Now listen guys, if this is blessing you, I just want to challenge you. Share, stop what you're doing right now and share this video and invite your best friend and your cousin and your mom and them to come on in here because we believe that this is the year of great victory but in order to walk by victory you have to walk by faith, by faith. you yes. have to walk yes. by faith because how God sees things is very different than how man sees things in fact in Isaiah 55 he says your thoughts are not my thoughts neither are your ways my ways that doesn't he didn't say you couldn't learn his ways that you couldn't learn his thoughts what he says was that your natural mind second Corinthians says that mm-hmm. your natural mind is enmity yes. against yes. me because literally your natural mind fights against God. Yes. Here's a great example. The um, When Naaman went to be healed. Mm-hmm. And he went to the man of God to be healed. Yep. And the man and he thought the man of God was going to give him something grandiose to do. Yeah, and he was yeah. a little bit offended that the man of God didn't come out. I think he was a lot of bit offended. Okay, he was a lot, a lot bit offended, offended when the man of God didn't come out and make big circumstance because Naaman was a soldier with high rank. And it took a little servant that said to him, if he had asked you to do something grand, you would have done it. Yeah. He, wasn't, he, wasn't even, he wasn't excited because he didn't say, you know, come up to the pool and when we have everything laid out for him. He just told him, go, go down there and dip in that dirty, mucky Jordan River. Right, go dip in the Jordan. And so you're going to see tonight that just like Naaman, you're going to have a choice to make. So Naaman has leprosy. Naaman wants to be healed. He gets an instruction from God that doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. Why would you have leprosy and go get in dirty water? Mm-hmm. And then the servant says, but if he had asked you to do something big, something that you thought was worthy of you, yeah. you'd have done that. Yeah. So why don't you just do it? And then he does it and he gets healed. These examples that we're going to share with you from the word of the God, they show you that people who get supernatural breakthrough, that people who get financial release, that people who get supernatural healing, they get it because they are willing to do what God is instructing them to do, even when it looks Crazy. And they're willing to push past their five senses. They're willing to push, past, willing to their push past their five senses. So let's get into one of these. I want to talk about the first one uh, tonight. We just kind of got a couple examples. We thought, you know, the best way to do this is to show you, you know, because a lot of times if you hear stories, you can retain those stories, even if you don't know every word in the scripture. Mm-hmm. And so we want to share with you a couple of stories or situations that happen. Try to glean something from these and hopefully uh, we all walk away a little more empowered tonight. So I want to talk about Mark. Mark chapter 9, verse 14 through 29. And while I'm not going to read the whole thing, I just want to kind of paraphrase it for you. Mm -hmm. So in Mark chapter 9, we we, we find out that uh, Jesus' disciples uh, are meeting with this crowd of religious leaders. And in the midst of meeting with these religious leaders, a guy brings his son uh, to Jesus' disciple. 
Uh, and he brings his son to Jesus' disciples because he wants them to heal his son. His son has, uh, it, the Bible says he's possessed with a dumb spirit. Uh, in other words, he's got a spirit that doesn't allow him to speak. Um, and, and, and oftentimes, what we know now is that the boy was having seizures. Uh, he would fall to the ground. And so the man brought his son to the disciples. And when he brought him to the disciples, the disciples could not cast this demon out of the boy. And so about this time, uh, Jesus walks up. And if you read your Bible, it'll say that Jesus entered and, and Jesus asked him, what was all the commotion about? Uh, what was all the arguing about? And one of the men spoke out of the crowd and he said to this, and I am going to read this part. He said, teacher, he says, I brought my son so you could heal him. For he is possessed by an evil spirit that will not let him talk. And, I, and this next part is crucial. He says, and whenever this spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. And then he foams at the mouth. He grinds his teeth and becomes rigid like he's dead. He says, so I asked your, and I don't know if I said your. He said, I asked your disciples. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing you got to understand. If we're going to say we're Christians, then we are Jesus' disciples. So people are going to be looking to you and I for the same thing sometimes that they will be looking to God for. Yeah. And so the Bible says that we're supposed to lay hands on the sick and they, and they should recover. And so in this case, he says, I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus looked at them and he said, you faithless people. Now, what's that? He said, you, he said, in other words, he was, he was upset at his disciples. Yes. He says, here is a spirit that is lower than, than, than the God you have, and yet you can't cast it out. He said the only reason you couldn't do it is because you lacked faith. faith. He called them faithless. And then he goes on, he says, listen, bring the boy to me. The Bible says, so they brought the boy, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus, watch this, it threw the child into a violent uh, convulsion. It says, and he fell to the ground, grinding his teeth and foaming at the mouth. Now, I just want you to think about this. Jesus brings the boy, has the boy brought to him. As soon as that spirit sees Jesus, he starts acting up. Acting up. Isn't that how that happens when you and I make a decision that we're going to follow God? Mm -hmm. Some demonic spirit starts acting up. Our money starts acting up. Our health starts acting up. Our kids start acting up. Everything starts acting up. But notice this. Jesus did not allow the emotional outburst to deter him. Come on. I'm telling you today, you cannot allow what's going on all around you to deter you. You cannot let money problems deter you from what God said. You can't let health challenges deter you from what God said. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus stood there and looked at the boy and then he asked his father, he says, look, how long has he been doing this? The father says he's been doing it since he was a little bitty boy. He says, in fact, sometimes the spirit will throw him into the fire and will throw him into the water trying to kill him. Now, the whole time the boy is on the ground rolling around what emotion, right? He's trying to get Jesus to focus on what he can see. But Jesus isn't moved by what he can see. Because Jesus understands that faith is greater than what he can see. And so then Jesus calls that dumb spirit out of the boy. Now typically when you read the Bible and Jesus does something, it happens when? Immediately. But if you read the Bible, the Bible says that one more time, that dumb spirit got onto that boy and threw him on the ground again. 
That's a good teaching point. Sometimes you're going to obey God and things may actually get worse before they get better. Yeah, absolutely. You may do everything God said. You may do it the way God said it. You may do it how God said it. And things may actually get worse before they get better. But do not lose your faith. Do not lose do your faith. Do not give up. Do not cave in. Do not quit. Why? Because Jesus stood there looking at that dumb, foul spirit acting out. He was not moved by his emotions. Not by what he was hearing when the boy was screaming. Not by what he was seeing when he was rolling on the ground. Jesus did what you and I should do, which is he stuck with the words. And the Bible says that he called that foul spirit out and immediately that second time that, that dumb spirit came out of that boy, it says that he laid there like he was dead. And in fact, there are sometimes in your life, you'll be doing the things that God told you to do and it'll look dead. But understand, just because it looked dead don't mean it's dead. If God speaks a word to it, it shall live. And the Bible says that in the end, that boy got up, his family was there, the people around him was there, and he got up and he had strength in his body. Listen, I'm telling you today that if you will not allow your emotions to control your behavior, you can live victorious. You can. You can live victorious. You can live victorious if you don't allow your emotions to dictate your actions. My, my wife used to say it all the time. She says, never make a long-term decision based on how you feel right now. You need to be able to get your emotions out of it before you make a decision. Absolutely. You have to be able to train. You can train your emotions. I love that. You can train your you, you Your emotions only control you because you haven't trained them. That's right. Your emotions only control you because you have not trained yourself to stay focused on the word of God. Yes. You must focus on the word of God. Now, I tell you all the time. They, they are hashtag. They hashtag stay focused. Hashtag. Stay, stay focused. focused. Stay Turn focused. and tell your neighbor, stay focused. <laughs> stay focused. I, I, I just want to parenthetically insert this because I think this is a good example right here. So, a lot of times we come into agreement with things that we don't even realize are contradiction to the Word of God. And when something is a contradiction to the Word of God, we must respond come with faith. On, we must. When something is a contradiction to the Word of God, we must respond by faith. We either choose to agree with the thing that is going against what God says, or we agree with what God says. Or we agree with what God said. Well, think about it. I've seen this thing on Instagram and on Facebook, and it says, turn and tell, um, pastor, stop telling your, telling us to turn and touch our neighbor. It's flu season. Well, come on, saint. The Bible says <laughs> right. that if any deadly thing shall touch us, it shall not harm us. <laughs> so what do you believe? And in reality, you're going to get what you believe. Yes. You become consumed about getting the fear. Stay focused. You become afraid of getting the flu. You're going to get the flu because your faith has now attached to this thing that you believe is bigger than God. Do you realize? Yeah. Do you realize this? That in the Bible days they didn't have vaccines. That's right. They did not have vaccines. And the Bible says that every sickness and disease was on the back of Jesus. But you got to be careful, even in trying to be funny, that you're not coming into agreement. See, because that's the other thing that people don't realize. The enemy is so cunning and so crafty that he will use humor to get you to disagree.
agree with God. Because it's what comes out of your mouth. The, yes. the, the Bible says it's, 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 it even says it's not even what goes into the heart of a man mm -hmm. that condemns him. It's what comes out. Yes. And so if, 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 if he can get a funny meme to get you to say something that, that goes against the word of God, well, guess what? You're now condemning yourself thinking you're being funny. Yeah, I like that. Tell them about what happened when you went to get Chinese food the other day because I thought that was a good example about your fortune cookie, what it said. Yeah, so I put that on Facebook. Some of you saw it. So I went to uh, to, to grab me something from, from Jay China and you know how they give you the little fortune cookie. Well, the fortune cookie said something to the effect of uh, accept whatever comes your way today. And like literally when I read it, literally before I could finish reading it, I felt my spirit man like kick me in the gut and start screaming and it was like, no, we don't accept whatever comes our way. We've got some precious promises from God and that's all we're taking. And I actually kind of started laughing because I heard this conversation happening in my head. Mm -hmm. But I thought, you know what? That's what happens when you get full of faith. Your spirit man rejects everything that is contrary to the word of God. Well, and the truth is your spirit man is always doing it. Yeah, but you got to have you got to But have if you're not hearing faith, yeah. then you don't know that that's your spirit man telling you yeah. that. It is so important for us to use our words to not just say what we want, but that's to right. say what comes into agreement with the kingdom of God. That's right. Listen, if you don't take anything else from tonight, I want you to take this. When life presents a situation, Respond kingdom. Yep. Respond when kingdom. life presents a situation, respond kingdom. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and what would that. God say? What would God do? Respond kingdom. That's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna jump into my example. My example tonight is um my first example is Matthew 9 and 27 through 30. It's actually one of my favorite stories of something yeah, Jesus did in yeah. the Bible. And it says, and I'm gonna read it out of the message translation. It's Matthew 9, 27 through 30 in the message translation. It says, as Jesus left the house, he was followed by two blind men crying out, Mercy, son of David, mercy on us. When Jesus got home, the blind man went in him. I, I want to insert there, it says when Jesus went home. So Jesus did have a house, but we'll save that for another time. Jesus said unto them, do you really believe I can do this? They said, why, yes, master. <laughs> he touched their eyes and said, become what you believe. You are the sum total of what you believe about you. It doesn't matter what they say about you. It's what you believe about you. And if you've got to choose what to believe about you, you might as well believe what God says. You might as well believe Why what would God you said. believe that you're rejected when the Bible says you're accepted? Mm -hmm. Why would you believe that you're not enough when the Bible says that you're more than enough? It is so important for you to believe God and to become what you actually believe. Amen. Here's the thing. If you believe that drinking water is good for you, you drink water. That's right. You don't just know that you should drink water, right? That's right. You actually drink water. You actually drink it. So when you believe the promises of God, it will bring a conformity into your life. So if you believe that giving works, you'll give. Right. You'll give when you got a lot. You'll give when you got a little because you believe it. If you believe that fasting works, you'll fast. I said to the church on Sunday when we wrapped up our fast, I said, if you believe fasting works, you'll fast if we never have another corporate That's right. fast. That's right. I'm going to fast regardless of what you do because I'm already convinced of the benefits that Jesus said when you give, when you pray, when you fast. And so become what you believe, guys. Become a victor. Yeah. Become a champion. Become an overcomer. Become a person who is free from depression. Become a person who is free from the, the, the womb 
victims of molestation and being abandoned and being rejected and who didn't believe in you and who didn't come through for you. Become what Jesus has said you are. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Redeemed from sin. Become a person that is free from smoking cigarettes. Become a person that is free from letting your belly control what you put in your mouth. Become what you yes. believe. Become what you believe, not what you've been through. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Become what you believe. Not, not what you've been, been through. Listen, you may have been through some rough things. You may have had some bad stuff happen to you. But that does not dictate who you are. The word of God has laid out in black and white print for us who we are. There are great promises that have been written down in, in historical documents passed on to us. So that we know who we are in Christ Jesus. We have to become what we believe. Amen. How y'all doing out there? Amen. Amen. Become what you become believe. What, I don't know if y'all hashtag that already, but if you haven't, you ought to. Become what you believe. Become yes. what you believe. Yes. All right. Listen, and so, so here's another example, and this is a great example about doing something when literally it makes no sense whatsoever to be doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to share with you a story from Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, um, the first few verses, and I, I want to read it to you uh, a little bit because it's a, it's a familiar story, but I think a lot of times people miss some of the principles of it. So he, let me set the stage. Here's what's happening. Um, in Luke chapter 5, uh, Simon uh, has just finished fishing all night long. Mm -hmm. Uh, and if you know anything about fishing and you know uh, the, where they were located was near the Sea of Galilee, which is a salt water. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a body of water that contains a large amount of salt in it. And so when you finish fishing, um, you have to clean your nets thoroughly or the salt water will eat through your nets. And as you know, if you're fishing, you don't want to have a hole in your net. It defeats the whole purpose. So the Bible says this in Luke chapter 5. It says, one day as Jesus was preaching on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, it says, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. It says he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge. For the fishermen had left them there because they were washing their nets. Now watch this. They've been up all night long. So, so you, those of you who have ever worked a night shift, you know that when you get through working your night shift, all you want to do is what? Go to sleep. You want to go to bed. So the Bible says they were there washing their nets. I'm sure they were preparing to go home and to rest after a long, long night. The Bible says in verse 3, Jesus stepping into one of the boats asked Simon, the owner of the boat, to push out into the water. Mm -hmm. The Bible says, so he sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from there. Now, I'm sure Simon must have been thinking, you know, I'm ready to go. I, I, I'm, now, now look, he's trying to teach word and all this other stuff because Jesus was a rabbi. There were other rabbis. See, Jesus wasn't the only rabbi. And he was like, you know, I, I'm ready to go. I'm tired and, and you want to use my boat. And, and, and Simon was probably thinking, just, just hurry up, preach your message and get through. But the Bible says that then when he had finished speaking, uh, he said to Simon, now go out a little deeper. He says, and then let down your nets to catch some fish. And the Bible says in verse 5, he says, Simon replied, listen, we done worked hard all night and we didn't catch anything. Now, I want you to hear this. Simon was a fisherman. He understood you don't catch fish in the morning. You catch fish at night. 
He understood that if he put that net back in the water, what was he going to have to do? Clean those nets all over again. He was already tired. They hadn't caught anything. He was probably a little depressed, probably trying to figure out how he going to tell his wife when he got home that he didn't have no money, all this other kind of stuff because he ain't got no fish to sell. But nothing. But nevertheless, at, at a word, he obeyed. Didn't you start talking about obedience? Obedience. He obeyed. We say all the time, on the other side of obedience is provision. Is provision. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 5 that he put the nets in the deep water. Even though he didn't expect to catch anything, the Bible says that so many fish started jumping into the net that they had to literally call some of their friends from the shore to help them get all the fish that they had. The Bible goes on to say that they got so much fish, they had so much that they were literally able to leave their business and go follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. See, sometimes you won't do something because some, it doesn't make sense to you logically. It doesn't make sense to your thinking. It doesn't make sense to what you've seen. It doesn't make sense to what you've heard. But he said, nevertheless, at Jesus' word, he put down that net and it caused him to live in abundance. I wonder what thing God has asked you to do that you've told God that don't make any sense. Come on. I wonder what thing God has told you that if you would do it, you would prosper in it. But because all of your friends and all the ones who've been to school and everybody in your tribe and everybody in your group has told you that didn't make no sense, you have chosen to believe them. And as a result, you are still in the boat, but you don't have any fish. You know what I like about that story? What do you like about it? That Peter didn't have anything to lose. He didn't. He already didn't have any fish. He already didn't have anything. So if he put his net back out there, so it's going to take him a little more time to clean it. And see, some of you, you're thinking about what you lose when you obey God. Isn't that the tithing message? Absolutely. People say, well, I don't have enough to tithe. You don't have enough to live on. So, so yet, so yet, you would hold on to the net <laughs> instead of putting it in the water where it could get you a lot more fish. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I was thinking about this. You know, this I was saying to a friend today. This, this, this message of who Jesus is it offends religious people. Yes. It offends religious people because they want to paint Jesus as some little lowly, pitiful, barely making it servant that they kill. Well, let me tell you something. The Bible says didn't nobody kill Jesus. Mm. Jesus gave up his life. At any moment, he could have walked up off of that cross and killed anybody who was touching him. He, Jesus is not weak. Jesus is not pitiful. Jesus is not passive. And he says that if you believe in me, all these miracles that you see, you will do greater works. Mm -hmm. We still read these miracles like, oh my goodness, I can't believe somebody's eyes got healed. Oh my goodness, I can't believe that there was a financial breakthrough with fish. Oh my goodness. And Jesus said, but if you believe me, you can do what I have done yes. and greater yes. works. Yes. Greater work. And greater work. But God needs somebody who dares to believe. Mm -hmm. Some God needs somebody who is going to step up in their authority as a believer and quit being lily livered and quit being scared and quit caving in and quit yes. and quit being concerned about what people think about Come them. On, and let me just say it like I said at FOC. God needs some people who go quit punking out. Yeah, some no people fake who punks. are faith punks. Yes. Some people who are willing to take the word as a sword and cut through anything that the enemy says about them. That's right. Listen, I'm going to do my next That's example good. right That's here, good. but I think it's important because you got to make sure. See, sometimes we paint this picture between God and the devil like it's a superhero movie. Yeah, they're not equal. Right. right. And you know in a superhero movie that the, the, the villain always
has as much power as the superhero. Yeah, yeah. And that's why it's a movie. And so, in a lot of ways, a lot of people think that the devil and God are like even. And sometimes the devil wins and sometimes God wins. No, 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 no. In fact, this is what the Bible says in Isaiah. It says that when iniquity was even found in mm -hmm. Satan's heart, mm -hmm. that he woke up and found himself in mm -hmm. earth. Understand this. God has given us authority over the enemy. Think about this. Think about how dope God is. God sends Satan to the earth and then he creates Come us in earth and gives us dominion. Yeah. He never intended for the devil to wear you out. He never intended for sickness to overrule in your life and poverty to be a part of your life. He has given us everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness. So and I know it goes against the old pitiful, poor, lowly in the manger, sweet baby Jesus theology. But let me tell you something to those of you who be praying to baby Jesus. Baby Jesus be one the king of kings. You got to pray to Jesus, the most high God, not sweet little baby Jesus still nursing on Mary's breast, but the lion of Judah, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's, if he's the Lord of lords and the king of the kings, then it must be some kings. And it must be some lords. And it must be some people with authority that he's given dominion. But you cannot exercise dominion on behalf of God if you don't believe his word. You have to believe his word. You have to you believe the be word. you got to be fully committed to believing God's word. I love what you said there. That is so good. You have to be fully committed to believing God's word. If you don't believe it, listen, and you can't believe God's word on Monday and Wednesday and Friday and not Tuesday and Thursday. And, and, and you're not sure on Saturday and on Sunday you high off the anointing. The, the Bible says that's considered to be what we call that? Double-minded. Double-minded. And the Bible says a double-minded man is what? Unstable. Unstable. Not in some of his ways. Not in most of his ways, but in all of his, his ways. ways. Yeah. All of his ways. So, um, the example that I'm going to use now is that I'm actually going to go to 2 Kings, the 4th chapter 1 through 7. I like to use examples about women because I need you to know that God did not exclude women from the Bible. In fact, it says when he gave authority, he says he gave authority to male and female. Yeah, he created yeah. man and woman in his image. So, he's giving you authority to be victorious. And to you single women out here, you do not have to wait for a husband to be victorious. You have been given authority and dominion and power and purpose right now where you are. You are a victorious woman. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and you are called to experience great victory this year and you can do it even if you're not in a relationship yes, with anybody. Yes, you got to know who yes. you are. God has given us our place back. So that's why I like examples about women on, because they some. need to know that women have a place in this kingdom Absolutely. Too. So in 2 Kings the 4th chapter 1 through 7. It said now there cried a certain man of the wives of the sons of the prophets of Elijah Elijah, saying thy servant my husband is dead and thou knowest thy servant did fear the Lord and the creditor is come to take up unto him my two sons to be bondsmen. And Elijah said unto her what shall I do for you? Tell me what you have in your house. And she said, Thy handmaiden has not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go borrow the vessels mm -hmm. abroad from all thy neighbor, even empty vessels, and borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shall pour into all of those mm -hmm. vessels, and thou shalt set aside which is full. 
So she went from him and shut the door upon her and her sons and brought the vessels to her who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more and the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, pay it. your debt, and it. live thou and thy children on the rest. I love, I love this scripture right here because it lets you know that God cares about our finances. Yes, he does. God cares about our finances. Listen, I love this because here is a woman, because we're talking about not paying attention, being led by your five senses. That's right. Here is a woman who is in debt. Yep. She should have been a part of Black Women Build Wealth, so we could have taught her <laughs> that she needed right. to have some insurance right. and some things in case a man died. But she didn't know me yet because I wasn't there, so she in this situation. And she's in this situation, and her husband has died. He did not leave her enough provision. And in those days, they could put your sons, That's they could right. come and get yeah. your sons and daughters and indebt them to and, and indenture them yeah. Yeah. to work off the debt that you owe. And so she goes to Elijah, and I love what she says to Elijah. She doesn't say, my husband, your servant. She says, my servant, your husband. Mm -hmm. She says, you know that he was faithful to the faithful. Lord, but here we are. And I want to insert this right here because sometimes you're faithful to the Lord in one area, but you're not faithful in another area. So you're faithful about what he's telling you to do at your job, but you're not faithful about relationships. So you can get fruitfulness in the area that you're faithful in while utterly struggling in another. My God. He was walking with Elijah. Elijah carried the double anointing of Elijah yes. Yes. and he was yes. broke. Yes. He was doing miracles, but he, but was, he was broke. Bro doing miracles, but he doing was broke. miracles, but he was broke. My God. Because you have to follow the principles of God in every area yes. to get the benefits of every area. Yes. That's why we see so many people who can pray heaven down, but they fat and can't get out of bed. My God. They can't even stand up to preach. They believe that God is a healer, but they don't believe that God can discipline them to put to put what they put in their mouth. Wow. You have wow. to allow the word to speak to everyone. Every area yes, of your every life. Area so of your here's life. this woman's situation. She is in debt. And the, and the man of God says to her, what do you have in your house? And I'm sure she must be thinking, well, if I have enough in my house to pay this debt, I wouldn't have come talk to you. But don't, isn't that how we always do, though? When someone, when, when, the, when the Lord asks us a question about what we have, we always minimize what we have? We always minimize what we have. Or when God sends somebody, because every word God gives yeah. to you isn't going to be from God directly. That is why you need, the Bible says in Jeremiah, he says he will give you pastors after his own heart. Yes. That's why you need pastors. Pastors who want to hear God with you, not for you, with, with you. you. We right. want to hear God with you. We don't want to hear God for you. That's too much work. But anyway, so she's in this situation and the man of God says to her, what do you have in your house? What do you have? What do you have in your house? And she says, well, I don't have anything but a pot of oil. And he says, that's enough right there. All you yep. need is a little bit of oil. He says, now bit. I want you to go borrow some vessels. So wait, you're telling a woman who is already in debt that they're coming to get her sons and you're telling her to go borrow some vessels. Yep. It seems like in logic, what Dave Ramsey would say is the last thing you need to be doing is it's borrowing. borrowing. <laughs> what the financial experts, what Susie Orm would be saying is the last thing you need to be doing is borrowing when you're already in debt. Mm -hmm. But she follows the instruction. Understand that God is not obligated to give you instructions that make sense to you. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure her heart had to be Oh, yeah. I mean, we, you, you can't get the human element out of 
of this. And that's what I want you to understand as you hear these stories that we're talking about. There's a human element in each one of these. And these people have the same emotions that you and I have. They have the same fears that you and I have, the same worries that we have. So here's this woman. She, she, she's, she's trying to follow these instructions yes. at the same time thinking, what if they show up and get my boys? Yes. And so I don't want you to miss it that everything she's doing, she, she didn't know what was going to happen. We get the benefit of hearing the end of the story. Come on. But but she didn't know what was going to happen. She had to walk she, she it out. She had to walk it out. And you're going to have to walk out your faith. And I have to walk out my faith. We were telling our kids today, we can't know the word for you. We can help you know the word. But ultimately, there's going to come a day where you got to be able to stand on the word for yourself. That's right. So now she had to stand on this word from this prophet of God. So she goes and borrows the vessel and a miracle happens. See, you're waiting on the miracle to obey. But you got to obey to get the miracles, right? You're waiting on the miracle to show up, and then you're obey God. You're like, God, you know what? If you increase me financially, then I'll give this seed you told me to give. If you will go ahead and send me somebody I love, then I'll let go boom, yeah, even yeah, though he ain't yeah, no good yeah, for me. Yeah. No, you got to obey first, and when you obey, you position yourself to get what God already provided right. for you. That's because right. God already knew what he was going to do. I wish you turn and tell your neighbor, say, God already knows what he's going to do. God already knows what he's going to do. How does God already know what he's going to do? He already did it. Yep. The Bible says that he wrote the end from the beginning. So he already knew. He already walked this woman's journey out and knew that the moment she went in her house with those vessels, that that oil was going to flow. So she begins to pour the vessels, 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 pour the vessels. And then she calls her son. She says, bring me another vessel. She, he says, there aren't any more. And the oil stops. There are some things in your life that have only stopped because you stopped. Oh, come on. She could have still been pouring oil. She could have still. She could have been pouring oil. Mercy if she Jesus. had borrowed more vessels, she Lord could have borrowed more. There are literally some things in your life that have only stopped the flow of the Holy Spirit because you stopped. It stopped because you stopped believing. You stopped believing. You wow. stopped confessing. Wow. You stopped giving. Wow. You stopped fasting. Wow. You stopped. But if you would get back in faith, one of the things I love My about God. the grace of God and the mercy of God is that it will put you back where you would have been yes. if you had messed yes. up. See, in the world. If you mess up, people want you to work your way back yeah, up. You got to go back to the, to the start line with, with folk in the world. Uh-huh. Even in relationships, if you break trust, you yeah. got to start yeah. over building trust. Start all over. But when you repent to the Lord and come back in faith and say, Lord, I'm so sorry that I got out of faith. Lord, I'm so sorry that I backed up off of what you told me. Lord, I'm so sorry I got scared, that I got comfortable, that I got whatever, that I let the people talk My me God. out of it, that I let rejection get in the way. I am back in faith. He puts you right back where you would have been had you never quit. That is what restoration is. That is what recompense is. That is what recovery My is. God. And that who God, that's what he did in Jesus. He modeled it My for us. Adam came and sin separated us from God, right? right? And then we accepted Jesus and the moment we accepted Jesus, he put us right back where we would have right been if Adam had not sinned, right? right? You have got to learn that if you just messed up, so if you haven't been giving like you should, if you haven't been fasting like you should, if you haven't been living like you should, child, just lift your hands up and say, Lord, I'm sorry and I'm back. Yeah. And then throw that stuff behind you and get on this journey and get in faith and move forward. And I want to insert this to you as a parent. You could practice this level of grace and mercy with your, with your kids. kids. With your kids. With your kids. See, one of the reasons that it's so hard for us to understand this ability of God to restore us is because we typically haven't seen
seen it in our life. Mm -hmm. In most scenarios, if you gave your kid twenty dollars and they lost the twenty dollars, what you do? Well, next time you're gonna give them five. You ain't gonna give twenty no more. And you go fuss about yep. it, and you gonna still be talking about that twenty dollars five years yep. from now, right? Yep. But literally, the Bible says that God separates your sin from you as far as the east is from the west. So it literally means the more moment you repent and you come back and try to talk to God about what it is that you did, He don't even remember. He forgot for His own sake. Yes. We would do well yes. to forget our past yes. for our own yes. sakes. Listen, I know this is we're getting near the end of the broadcast, and this is probably not in our notes, but I, we can't let this go. You were talking about how uh, God will restore us mm -hmm. back to where we would have been yes. had we not missed it. And sometimes it's not that we, it's not, sometimes we don't even miss it. Life happens. Life happens. Life happens, but God has a way of accelerating and giving us back those years. You know the story I'm talking about. It's one of your favorite stories about the woman who has a son. She prays for the son. She gets the son. The son dies. She goes to the man of God. She said, don't play with me, man of God. Yes. Come on. You got to share that. Really, we can end with that, but you got to share that story. Man, listen. Let me get my Bible. This little notebook won't work right here. But let me tell you something. Listen. Over in 2 Kings, it's some good stuff in 2 Kings. And it's another story about a woman. And I love this story right here. And it is, you're right, it's one of my favorite stories to preach because it's, it's stare my faith. And it's going to stare your faith tonight. See, because what we want you to understand is that the end, at the end of the day, just like nobody can get saved for you, nobody can walk your faith walk but you. That's right. Nobody can get saved for you. You dedicating your baby don't save your baby. Your That's baby right. have to make a profession of faith to the Lord Jesus Christ. And nobody can walk your faith walk but you. That's you right. got to walk that thing out. You got to get dogmatic. Set your face like flint and refuse to be yes. moved. So yes. yes, I will gladly, gladly give you this story. And while she's getting ready to give you wife, while she's finding that story, because I want her, she's going to read some points of it. Here's what I want you to hear me. Here's what I want you to get tonight. We're talking about living above the five senses. Yes. Listen, there are things that happen in your life that feel sometimes like you've been punched in the gut. Yes. You cannot give up, cave in, or quit Quitting. during those times. Listen, you can't allow your bank account getting low to, to dismiss when God says you have more than enough. You still have to believe God for more than enough, even when it don't look like more than enough. Even when it don't look and, like and, more And here's enough. the thing you got to understand. As a believer, if you've got seed in the ground, you've always got a harvest. Come on. And obedience is a seed. Sometimes people think of seed as just being money. And money is a seed. Money can be a seed. But your obedience to the word of God is a seed. And when you obey God, that seed has to produce a harvest. You're going to hear in this story how this woman sold a seed. Not just a financial seed, but an obedience seed. And then when she needed it, that obedience seed resurrected and got her not just what she needed, but everything that belonged to her. And that's what faith will do for you. It won't just get you what you need. It'll get you everything that belongs to you. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to just shout obedience. 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 Choose to obey God. One of my favorite scriptures. I obey. I obey God. One of my favorite scriptures is Isaiah 1 and 19. It says, if you are willing and, and obedient, obedient, you will eat the good of the land. If yes. you're willing and baby, we have raised our kids on this. Listen. Every parent with any good sense, now I said any good sense, wants to be good to their kids, mm -hmm. right? You want to be good to your kids. And there can be nothing more frustrating than wanting to be good to your kids, but yes. they won't participate in the yes. process that will let you be good Man, to them. Man, this is good. There is nothing. 
something more frustrating than you uh, want to take your kids to the movies and they just won't clean that dirt road. Just, 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 and you want to get them a car, but they just won't pass that class. You got, and if the Bible says if we being evil, he didn't mean us. Right. He meant the Pharisees right. and Sadducees right, 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 right. because they were, had not accepted Jesus. Mm -hmm. They were not redeemed. Mm -hmm. He says if you being evil know how to give good gifts, how much more does your father in heaven want to be good to you? Man, y'all got to break up with this raggedy God who's he wants to give you the kingdom. Right. Who want to who one day want to strike you down with leprosy and want to and want to put you on your back in order to get you to love Jesus. Man, that's not who our God is. Oh, he is a good good yes, father. Yes, and and yes. he been a good father. Yes. He didn't just become a yes. good father. He's a good father yes. and he wants to be good to you and so we want to obey him so we can live our best God. life God. and I know that this kind of stuff makes the devil mad and all religious folks but we don't care listen we're gonna, we gonna be blessed even when they're mad yes. we're gonna be victorious <laughs> even when even they're when mad. They mad we're gonna have more than enough yes. when they're mad yes. we're gonna live holy yes. even when they're mad yes. we don't care nothing about them being mad and talking crazy we yes. have the victory that's right amen, amen. let's look yeah. at second kings the fourth chapter second kings second kings the fourth chapter it's the same chapter we were just in we're just going to go down a couple of verses Verse 8, it says, And it fell on that day that Elijah passed to Shunem, and there was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed, she turned in thither to eat bread. And he said unto her, she said unto her, her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God, yes. which passes by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick, and it shall be that when he cometh to us, that he shall turn in thither. Mm -hmm. And it fell on that day that he came in thither, and he turned into the chamber, and he lay there. And he said unto Gehazi his servant, Call the Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him, and he said unto her, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. And then, and then he said, What is there to be done for her? And Gehazi said, Verily she has no child, and her husband is old. Come on now. And then she said, he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door, and he said, About this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. My and God. she said, Nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto your handmaid. And the woman conceived and bare a son in that season that Elijah had said unto her according to the time of life. And when the child was grown, it fell on the day. And when he went out to his father, the reaper, and he said unto his father, My head, my head. And he carried to the lad and said, Carry him to his mother. And she went up and let, and he had been taken and brought to his mother. And he sat on her knees till noon and then he died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and she Shut the door upon him and went out. Listen, you gotta learn how yeah, to read yeah, the Bible. Yeah. Brother, you, you, you read it now. You need to get into paraphrasing. I, I understand what's going on. I want on. you to understand what happens here. So there is a woman 
one who, first of all, she is setting up her future yes. even though she doesn't even know it. See, what you sow today, what you say today, what how you obey today, you are setting up your future. And you don't know when you're going to need a harvest. You heart. don't even know when you're going to need you a harvest. You don't know when you're going to need a harvest. But I want you to follow this story out. And so the Bible says the first thing is that she says she sees a man of God and she constrains him to come and eat. She said she perceived, she noticed the anointing. She noticed she the noticed anointing. anointing on Let me tell you something. Carnal people don't notice the anointing. That's right. If you're carnal, you don't notice the anointing. If you carnal, you say dumb stuff like, that's just a man like me. Or it don't matter where you go to church. It don't matter where you go to church when you carnal. But we have spiritual parents and our spiritual parents have changed the trajectory of our life because they were anointed to speak into our life. That's right. You better find you a, not just a place to go to church, but somebody who is anointed to speak into your life. Yes. You better find somebody yes. that when they preach the word of God, your baby, yes. your faith jumps. Yes. You know that you everything do inside of you. Moves. You better find you a place that is going to cause you to live. This woman had the right perception. Yes, she so did. if you're going to obey God and walk in faith, you got to have the right perception. Now we keep going, and it says she says to her husband, "We don't really know the spirituality of her husband, but we don't. I don't think it's very much because if you go on in the story, you're going to see." So she said to her husband, "She says, let's use our resources and let's build him a chamber and let him stay there. Yeah. So they build a chamber for the man of God off to the side of the house, so that whenever he comes to town, he has a place to lay his head. Now some of y'all don't even want to give your pastor a big piece of chicken, but that's oh, another story on, for another come on, day. Come on. And so anyway, so she lets she brings the man in, and then the Elijah begins to say, "Wait a minute, this woman has been really, really good to us. Mm -hmm. What do we need?" Now, if you got your Bible in the King James, you ought to underline that he asked her. He says, "Do you want to? Do you want to meet the king, or do you want to have access to the captain of the host? Because it's going to come back mm -hmm. and it's going to matter mm -hmm. in a minute." Yep. She says, "No, no, no. I'm, says, I'm good. I'm cool. I'm good. I'm good on my, my own people." She said, "She really said, listen, I'm cool. I don't need to meet the king. I don't have no need for the king." So then Elijah says, "Well, Elijah said, what does she need?" And Gehazi says, "Well, she doesn't have a son, and and her husband is old." So he calls her back and he says. You're going to have a son. And she says, do not lie to me. I know you are a man of God and I know what you say comes true. Don't gas me up for something that cannot come through. See, sometimes you will forget what God promised you. You will forget what God said to you. And so you will, it will get buried so deep in your mm -hmm. heart. And you will get around somebody who got the anointing on them. And they will start speaking to you things that you thought were dead. Dreams that you had given up on. This woman's husband is old. She has given up on having a child. And the man of God says to her, you about to have a baby. And that's why it matters who you hang around. That's why it matters who you, That's hang, why around. It matters who you hang around. And here's, here's, here's something I think we miss out of this story sometimes. He calls her to the doorway and he says to her, about this time in the cycle of life. In other words, about the time that it takes to, to, for a baby to gestate, you're going to have a baby. Now, she didn't have an immaculate conception. Right. That means she and the husband had to get involved with the process. Mm -hmm. Sometimes folk get a promise, but they won't get involved with the process. Now look. So God makes you a promise, but you won't get involved with the process, and so then you wonder why the thing don't come to pass. Listen, I wasn't there, but something tells me that when she got that word from the man of God, because she had perceived him to be a man of God, her and her husband had relations often. They, 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 did, they, did, they did, they did, they did, they did. She was like, listen, I got a promise, 
and you got to give it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she like being old ain't can't being old ain't gonna cut it. We right. got a word. We got to do. You need to live like that sometimes. So you get a word from the Lord. Listen, not having a greed, that ain't gonna cut it. We got a word from the Lord. Come Listen, on. not having the right network, I don't care nothing about that. I got a word from the Lord. But you got to participate. In that process. You gotta participate in the process. So anyway, she gets this son, and then the son grows up, and I'm sure she's happy because she never thought she was gonna have the son. She had given up on it, and now this promise had manifested. This is why you can't. It had been many years because he was an older boy working with his daddy. Working with his daddy, and then he went out and he got sick, and the daddy did what most daddies do. He said, Go see your mama. Go see your mama. Go because see when your kids mama. get sick, they say, Go see your mama. And he goes to see his mother, and he sits on her knees. And dies. Now I want you to my, watch what my. happens next because what happens next literally is going to determine the the course of her life. Can I just say this? It is worse to get a promise and lose it than not to have it. Yeah, yeah. She now she she wasn't bothering nobody. She she had resigned to the fact that she was not going to have any children. Her, her husband was old. She was like, I'm cool. The man of God comes by and tells her about this time in the cycle of life, you're going to have a baby. They get involved with the process. They have a baby. Mm -hmm. She enjoyed that baby for a number of years. Watch it maturate through the uh, infancy, toddlerhood. Maybe he was an adolescent. He's working with his daddy. And then he dies. And then he dies. Can you imagine the devastation? See, because don't walk through this story like she didn't feel it. Right. She just watched her baby die, but she oh, knows so good. Come on. what she Come does on. next has the power to get him yes. up. Again. She yes. goes to her husband and she says, I need to go see the man of God. Her husband says, her husband says, is it a festival? Is it, is it the third Sunday? I didn't know it was church this week. And she just said, I need to go. And because she was a woman of integrity, her husband didn't yeah, give her no right, flat. Right. See, if you want your husband to be able to trust when you say you're going to church and you're going to do the things of God, then you need to do them like you said you was going to do. You got to actually go to church. You got to actually go to church. Right, right. But anyway, so she goes, and I'm, and I'm just going to insert, or just you got to read it yourself. Yes, Chris, she responds kingdom. Yes, she responds kingdom. And she goes and she tells her servant, she says, you ride until you find Elijah. Don't you worry about my age. Don't you worry about me being a woman. You ride until you find Elijah. And when she finds Elijah, the Bible says that she gets off of the animal that she's on and she throws herself at his feet. Yes. And Gehazi tries to pull her off and she won't move. The, Elijah says, wait, something's happened. I don't even know what's happening. Here's how we know that what happened didn't come from the Lord. If it had come from the Lord, Elijah would have had a know. word. He would have had a word, but he didn't have a word. It was a sneak attack of the enemy to steal your promise. So when destruction comes your way, if the Lord hadn't said it was coming, it ain't yours. It ain't Don't yours. you receive no destruction, no death, no, no interruption to your promises. Because if it was going to happen, God would have told you. But she, look how she put, even when she gets to Elijah, she doesn't say, why did you set me up? My son is dead. I didn't ask for all she of this. She was watching her mouth. She was watching her mouth. And as she was watching her mouth, listen, because I do want you to see this, because Gehazi tries to find out what was wrong. And she actually says to him, she says to, to Elijah, she says, I didn't ask you for a son, did I? Right. And then Elijah knows something is wrong. And so he sends Gehazi to try to raise the boy up. But you know what? Everybody who go to church don't have power because yeah. they don't have faith. So right. Gehazi goes and nothing happens. But even when Gehazi goes back to the boy, she doesn't let the man of God go who represents the Holy Spirit. See, some of you get a 
Some of you get offended when life sucker punches you. Yes. And instead of cleaving to God ah, with everything you have, you let him go. You let him go. You let him and go. you start following the thing you thought you lost. Oh Her son is laying here dead in the bed, but she stays with the man of oh God. God. She stays with the anointing. She stays with God. Tell your neighbor, stay, stay with, with God. God. Hashtag that. Stay, stay with God. Stay with God. Stay with God. And she says, all it all is well. Anyway, so Elijah goes back. Elijah lays on the boy, and the boy gets up. Turn the table and praise the Lord. The boy gets up. The boy gets up. Praise the Lord. The boy gets up. Praise the Lord. The boy gets up. Yes, yes the boy gets up. And you would think that that's the end of the story. But, but as we wrap up, then, let me take you on to the end of the story. If you go over here, because it would it it, it would be a wonderful ending if that was just the end. If that was just if the she end. had just gotten her son back up alive again, the promise that was given to her. If that was if that was enough, that would have been great. Yes. But that ain't the end of the story, though. It's not the end of the story because we're talking about restoration and how if you don't take your eyes off God, you can see restoration mm -hmm. of things that you don't, that you shouldn't get restoration for. Yeah. So the woman gets her son back. Glory to God. Glory Everybody God. would be satisfied with Glory that. Her son God. was dead, but now he's Glory. alive. He was dead, but now he's alive. Yes. God, God raises him raises up. Him but then up. if you go over to 2 Kings, the 8th chapter, yes. it says, Then Elijah spoke to the woman whose son he had restored to life. He said, Arise and go thou and thy household and sojourn wherever thou canst sojourn, for the Lord has called for a famine, uh -oh. and it has come upon the land seven years. Now I want you to Whoa. see the difference in this right here. Whoa. When our son dies, Elijah doesn't have a word. Because it didn't come from God. Because it didn't come from God. But when the famine comes, Elijah has a word because the famine came from God. Because God always gives us a word with famine. The Bible says God doesn't do anything, anything. in the earth unless he reveals That's Right. To his prophet. That's, That's right. why you need somebody in your life who has the ability so to hear from God and God. discern. From, baby, listen. This is so crucial. See, um, things will be coming down the pipeline, and God will give you a warning before it comes. And everything will look rosy, but God will be like, cut back on that spending right mm -hmm. now. Go ahead. That's what he told Joseph. He said, This is how you're going to prepare for this. So in this situation, she gets um she gets a word to go somewhere because there is going to be a famine. So wait, she sows a seed, she starts with the meal, she builds a place, she uses her resources in order to make this man of God's job easy, mm -hmm. right? Then she gets her son raised. Now everything wait, can she... Can I just say this? Make your pastor's job easy. Please. Do not be difficult to pastor. Do not be a person who loves the word. Be a person who comes to church on time. Be a person who pulls on the anointing from your man or woman of God. Make, make it easy. Make their job easy so that when you need something, they ain't woe out because you've been acting a fool. Amen. Man. And, then, and and this is just we know everybody on here don't go to fellowship of champ but wherever you go, wherever church, you go can you not be difficult in Hebrews it talks about that it says that people who are called a pastor people who are called to the fivefold ministry we have a responsibility for your soul do not make our jobs difficult yes. because we just trying to help you win yes. you want to win we want you to win God wants you to win if we work together great we'll win. we will win so anyway she goes and he says now I'm just going to read this for it says, so he says there's going to be a famine for seven years. And so the woman arose. Tell your neighbor, say she obeyed. She obeyed. Now she didn't go, oh, I can't leave here because my house here. Mm -mm. Oh, I can't she leave here because my land 
everything. She left all of that stuff. Why? Because she knew that that man heard from God. Because she trusted the word more than the stuff. She trusted the word more than the stuff. Do you trust the word more oh than God. you trust your Do stuff? You? Do you trust the word? Do you trust the word more than you trust more your stuff? More than your stuff. You know, That's the money good. you got in the bank. Mm. That high credit score you got. Mm. That promotion that they promised mm -hmm. you. Do you trust the word more than you trust that? I trust the word. I trust the word. I trust God. I'm going to I'm, I'm, I'm hashtag that. I trust the word. I trust God. Amen. It's get, Angel just said it's getting tight in here. Oh, oh yes, it is. Oh, yeah. It's getting tight in here because if you're going to walk in victory, you got to know that it's a way to live. Yeah. If victory, people who faith walkers live different. Uh -huh. We talk different. We walk different. We give different. Yep. We fast different. We pray different. We just live different. Not because we better, but because we believe. Mm -hmm. Amen. Listen, so then it says, and she arose and did after the sayings of the man and God, and she went with her household and sojourned in the land of the Philistines for seven years. And it came to pass at the seven years end that the woman returned out of the land. You notice that nobody had to go get her? Seven when the years. seven years was up, she just came on back. Because that's what the word said. Because the word said the fast would go last seven years. So when the seven years was up, she came on, she back. Came on back. Learn how to obey God. Learn how to just obey God. So then it says, she goes back. Oh, and when so she, this, ooh, I love this I love right it. here. I love it. And she went forth to cry unto the king for her house and for her land. Tell you next thing. Tell you say, hold on, hold, hold on, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's about to get good. So she, and, 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 and then it says, and it came to pass. Yep. That the king was talking to Gehazi and the servant of the man of God said, tell me I pray about all these great things alive. Yeah, what done. did he do? And it came to pass as he was telling the king how he had restored a dead body to life that behold the woman whose son had been restored and the one who and whose son had been restored to life came to cry to the king for her house and her, her land. Now, and Gehazi says, oh, oh, king, oh, king. This is the woman, and this is her son, whom Elijah restored to the land. Come on, now she's and standing in line, waiting to see the king. Yeah, he sees her. It says, "Wait, that's that, that's the woman that's right the there, right there." And when the king asked the woman, she told him. And so the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, "Restore all that was hers, and all of the fruits of the field, even since the day that she left the land, even unto now." Let me tell y'all this story like I like to tell it. So My here's God. what happens. So this woman has left her land based on a word from God with her restored back to life soon. Mm -hmm. And she at the end of the famine, she goes back to petition the king for the land because the land hasn't had taxes on it, paid on it, so it has gone into the possession of the king. Because it didn't produce nothing, because so it went to the king's bounty. It went into the king's bounty. As she is standing in the line, say divine time, divine time, as she is standing in the line, the king just so happens, some people call it coincidence, yeah, we, call we call it divine, divine time. time, the king just so happens to be talking to Gehazi and asking Gehazi to tell him about some of the miracles of Elijah. And as Gehazi begins to tell the miracles of Elijah, he begins to tell about the one time that Elijah raised his boy from the and as he's scanning the audience, My he catches the eye of the woman whose son was raised from the dead. Divine he time. says, King, wait a minute. Listen, you ain't got to hear it from me. That's the lady right there. There she goes. And her son yeah. is with her. So then the king sends the captain of the host to bring her to the front of the line. See, your obedience will cause you to jump spaces. Come 
come on, come on. Your obedience will give you favor and favor. cause you to jump favor. spaces yes. and cause you. See, your favor, your obedience. See, here's the thing with mm -hmm. obedience. Sometimes obedience makes you look like you're losing. Yep. I was thinking about it today. We got a young lady who used to go to our church who just held on to the word that she wasn't supposed to give her virginity up, that she wasn't, that she got older, and even when people was telling her that she should, she didn't. And then she ended up marrying a guy who was a virgin as well. Yep. So they end up getting married. They serve in ministry together, and they just had a baby. And I said to Ellen, I said, that's what it happens when you walk out in obedience. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of times she looked like she was losing, and she was losing because everybody else was having a really good time, and she felt like she was getting older, but she held on to what God said and then she got what God mm -hmm. said. So here this woman is and she gets moved and to she the got it without the baggage. And she got it without the baggage. See sometimes, see, see, sometimes you can get what God has for you but if you do it in your own time and in your own way you will get it but you'll still have the baggage. Come on. you. There is a way that seemeth right but, but that way ends in destruction. But you can obey God and I love what you said and I'm going to let you get back to that but there are times that it looks like you're losing but when you obey God you're never losing. Yes. This is what I tell people about the tithe. Listen there were times in my life that it felt like I was losing. I saw people who weren't tithing who seemed like they were prospering. They were seemed like they were going well. They was going to Cancun. They was traveling. They were doing all kinds of stuff and we were literally barely making it but we were obeying God. And now them same people are living worse than what we was living back then and our time has produced for us more than we could have ever hoped for. And now we get to travel first class and five first, stars. And we still obeying and God. And we still obeying God. Come, Come on now. But, but listen to this story. Go check it. So the woman got her son back and that would be enough. But God ain't into just enough. I hate when people say, God, just give me. If you need $20, God, give you $20. That ain't what kind of God he is. He's an overflowing He's an God. Overflowing it God. says in Ephesians 3, 20, he'll give you exceeding abundantly above. All right, listen. And here's what happens. So she gets moved to the front of the line. Come on. Now, and she gets an audience with the king. Do you remember when, when the prophet asked her asked if she her. wanted an, abund an audience with the king? Or the captain of the host. Or the captain of the yes. host. But she didn't need one then. That's right. See, there are some things that God will prophesy to you and you don't understand how you go get there because you don't even think you need it. But then when you need it, it shows That's up right. because it's been spoken right. over your life. Yes. And then this will bless you. Because did anybody read their Bible and catch this? Come on now. What it says is he says... He says, um, in verse 6, it says, And the king asked the woman, and she told him. So the king appointed to her a certain offer, so say, Restore all that was hers and all the fruits of the field since the day that she left, even until now. Hold Seven on. years ago. Somebody didn't understand what just happened. So slow down and tell them real, real good so they don't miss this. There was a famine. There was no produce in the land for Crops seven don't years. don't grow in a famine. Crops don't grow in a famine. But because she obeyed God, she leaves, escapes the famine, comes back, and then the king literally gives her out of his own bounty what she would have had if it hadn't been a, fam a, a famine. And that's the point we were trying to make, that God is in the restoration and overflow. I want somebody to really understand this and to be blessed by this. Let me help you. This would be like God saying to you, I need you to leave your job. 
you like, that don't make no sense. But you leave your job. And for seven years, you go work another job and do whatever you're going to do and you live. And then seven years later, you go back to that job. And the job you go back to, they say, you know what? We're going to pay you all the money you would have made if you'd have been working here for seven years. Come on. Now, you know what? That's a good example because a lot of people don't farm. That's, That's right. a good example right there. So literally, this woman gets her son back. This woman gets to escape a famine. This woman gets to meet the king. She gets audience with the captain of the host. And she gets the produce and the harvest. And her land. And her land when she did not sow in that land. Oh God, That's the kind that. of God we serve. Yes. Wherever you are right now, I challenge you to just lift up one hand and declare restoration and yes, overflow. Yes. Restoration and overflow and great victory to me and my house. It's yes. all it started because when the boy when the boy died, she didn't let her emotions take over. She did not let her emotions she take over. She didn't let her five senses kick in and make her do something that she would regret. She saw him. She heard him not breathing. She could feel his cold body. She could smell his body starting to decay. Whatever it is, those five senses, she did not allow her faith to become subject to them. She become, she allowed she made her five senses become subject to her faith. Absolutely. And then even when she left, when she left she still is, it's not a family when she leaves. That's right. The land is producing when yes. she leaves. Yes. But she doesn't let what she see make her stay. See, sometimes oh, you can stay in a place too long because you don't realize that the grace is on for, for you. Yes. yes. And so you stay in a place too long that God is not calling you to anymore that he's released you from and then you end up suffering things that you shouldn't suffer. Listen, our time is up because yeah, it's 930. It's Listen, we don't want to keep you any longer, but if you were blessed by this, come on and give a bunch of hearts. You know that you can go to the Push Pay app. You can sow into this word. Some of you have decided to become covenant partners. And listen, if you're being blessed, you listen, I, 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 don't, I don't desire a gift from you. I desire a gift for you. And I can tell you that when you hear word and you sow into word, that word produces a harvest in your life. So if, if this word has blessed you and the Lord has put it on your heart to be a sower into this gift that you're receiving, then you can go ahead and do that. Listen, as you're doing that, though, I want you to hit that share button. When, when you click the share button, you can actually share it with individual friends. If you got a friend who you know needs to hear this broadcast, I implore you, share it with them. Our job, our, our, our desire is to take this gospel to every corner so that every person gets to live successful and victorious. Amen? Amen. And so we just, we encourage you to do that. As Pastor Sean was saying, you can go to the Push Pay app, you can uh, or, or you can go to the, the Champions for Life uh, app, and you can actually give that way. Listen, we just want you to be blessed. Share it, give us hearts, give us likes, uh, and keep coming back on Wednesday nights. I, I get energized by this. Uh, you don't know, but when we get through teaching Bible study, we we, we, we sit in our room and we, we talk about this for probably another hour or so before we can calm down off of how excited we get about the Word. Absolutely. We love the Word. We hope you were blessed tonight. Listen, I want to give you just a couple of minutes. Some of you may need to jump off of this. But if you were blessed tonight and you got a point that you want to share somehow this impacted you, just go ahead and put it in the comments. Yeah, right come quick. on. Talk Let to us. Let us know. Talk to us. Um, what stood out to you about this? How your life is going to be changed by this? Man, this is just, this. it's our time, baby. Yeah. It's our season. 
It's our time and it's our season. Our bodies are healing. Our minds are healing. Increase is coming to us. God is a good God. He has so much for us. FOC is getting a building this year, man. Yes. We're getting a yes. building. We're moving forward. Yes. And we just, I mean, we're just so, so blessed to just have the word. Amen. It's about, it looks like it's about 40-something of y'all on here. Go ahead and shout out. You know, if, if nothing else, tell us where you're from one more time. Tell us something you got out of this that blessed you. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we're winding down, but I'm telling you, we, we're excited about the word. Amen? Amen. Excited about the word. Listen, we try to do this in an hour and a half, but you really can't let two preacher teachers my God. <laughs> try to, in, in an hour and a half, that's tight because it, it's we love the word. Hey, Micah. How you doing, girl? She said the entire message stood out. Well, bless you. Bless you. Listen to it again, Michael. God has big plans for you. He has so much that he wants to do in your life. Listen to it again. Let it get in your soul. Let it change even how what you speak about finals, what you say about school. We got people listening. And we love over. you guys too. We love you guys. Listen, Chris said, I will respond kingdom. I think that's going to be one of our new sayings around here. Amen. I will respond kingdom. Discipline yourself. You know what, guys? Practice not letting your emotions out of control in little things. Yes. I told Pastor Edwin, I've been practicing this too. I said, I am going to work this year not to get mad. Yep. I am going to discipline myself not to get mad, even when my kids do something. Hey, I we got Washington, D.C. We got honesty. Washington, D.C., Maumelle. We got New Jersey. New Jersey, all right. California, people saying they can't wait till next week. Mr. Billups is on here. Listen, we're excited too. And I'm telling you, you, you was talking about uh, not on, you know, about perfecting. You, 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 a lot of times we want to perfect the major things, mm -hmm. but we get better at something because it's through consistency. Yes. So this week, we want to challenge you to practice being consistent where your emotions are concerned, okay? Don't allow what you see, hear, uh, taste, touch, smell to just make you respond inappropriately. Practice responding appropriately to every situation. Amen. I love that. Jennifer said, my obedience will give me favor. Yes, yes, Your it will. obedience will cause you to become what you believe yes. from St. Teresa. The bluff yes. in the house. The bluff I'm in the bluffed. house. Yes. All right. Honesty said, focus on the promise. Yes. 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 Want to challenge those of you who live in Northwest Arkansas? I don't got distracted. Stop looking down there, looking over here at the computer screen. But those of you who live in Northwest Arkansas, if you don't have a church home, man, come to Fellowship ah, of Champions. You can come, come dressed casual. Yes. We challenging all FOC people. Be there at nine twenty. We ready for yeah. the word. Be ready. Be ready. Saint, Saint Louis. Louis. Saint yes. Louis. Welcome, Saint Louis. The Lou. Yes. Call it the Lou. Somebody said, "What tools do you use to keep your emotions in check?" I just really meditate on not getting mad. Typically, people get their emotions out of check because you meditate on how you go go off on somebody. I was just about to say, I think one of the major things that we have learned to do is to stop saying things like, "If somebody do something to me, I will say so and so and so and so." Because if you practice doing that, that's how you're going to respond. Even with your kids, yep. if I come home and they room dirty, I'm gonna beat they behind. Well, you, I mean, listen, you want to train them up because the Lord ain't beating your behind every time you do something. 
Hey, Chris is right. So we have church at 9.30 a.m. That means you're going to be out in plenty of time well before the Super Bowl. Some of y'all go to church at 11 o'clock. Y'all going to be cutting a little close maybe. But listen, we have church at 9.30. 9.30. You know, you'll be home in time to run by the store, get your snacks, heat your, heat your wings up, whatever you got to do for your Super Bowl party. You know, I don't have a team in it, so I don't really care about it like that. But, hey. It'd be an awesome opportunity to get together with some friends and eat some good food, I guess. I love that the young said, I will become what I believe, not what I've been through. Absolutely, guys. Hey, You're not I what you've that. been through. You are not what you've been through. You're not what they said about you. You're not your mistakes. You are what God says about you. And he says you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Let's see. Anything else? Anything oh, no, comments? but ain't nobody leaving. They still all over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you have any other comments that you want to share, because we're not trying to hold you hostage. But listen, I have gotten past the to agree. Man, we're going to do a victory campaign a couple times this year. We're going to get together in, in person and invite you to come. And you're going to hear this word. And we are going to see signs, wonders, and miracles and breakthrough. And so it's going to be just power-packed teaching. And so just yeah. you, you stay on him about this. Because um, we're gonna do this this year. Amen. Yes, victory zone. Angel says you are not your mistake. You, right. you are not your You're mistake. You're not your mistake. And here's what I want you to know. Listen, maybe you have missed it. Maybe you have messed up. Maybe you haven't been doing it right. But here's what I need you to know: the moment you decide, the moment you decide that you want to get it back right. You are back right. You don't have to start all over and go down to the bottom. You, you can start right where you left off. We are not Catholic. We do not have to do a bunch of penance and 37 Hail Marys. We repent and we are right back where we were That's with right. God in Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all, thank you. It's late on the East Coast. Y'all go to bed or whatever you got to do. Those of you on Central Time, it's about 9.30, so get ready to watch the news and whatever you got to do. Be safe out there. We love you. We love you. We love you. And we will see you again next week, 8 o'clock p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And just I want to ask you a personal favor. favor. If this message bless you, try to get one person to join with you next week. Yeah. Let's go yeah. for the double Let's next try week. to get eight next week. Let's go for the Let's double for next the double. week. All right? And so have an absolutely amazing time. You know we have to let it go 10 more seconds yeah. to get everything that we said. So we're going to say good night. Good night. Good night. And then we're going to sit here for 10 seconds. We love you too. Can you get ready to turn it off?